ready for another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering? Good. Here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 7481, if you count minisodes, proudly hosted by North Central Indiana's Rock 98.5. On the show tonight, in the honor of Halloween, we're going to talk about some scary songs, and we're going to review the new record by Nothing But Thieves called Moral Panic. Very appropriate album for this period of time in our lives. I am your host, Foggy, and joining me tonight is none other than the man himself, Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind, it's boy band time, it's Metalhead Monday. Great to be back, finally. feel like I haven't done this in a month or two. Yeah, we've uh, we've been taking note. And <laughs> the educator, <laughs> Joseph L. Ray Rife. He's Tuffy's man. Holy cow, I'm really Harry Carey fan. He flies a double U flag. Upside down because he's Mexican. Joe Rife. Joe Rife. Joe Rife. Joe Rife. Joe Rife. Joe Hey, hey, good evening, guys. Good to see you, Monday. What's up? Good to be back for more music and fun. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Monday. Nice of you to take a little time out for us. Uh, you know, busy guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It was a great weekend for sports, fellas. <laughs> I, I didn't watch any. I saw I was... Khabib retired. He won and retired. <sighs> what a moment. Guy's yeah. a beast. Absolute beast. And he did it in a different way. Total domination, came out throwing bombs against a guy who should have outstruck him and then uh, took him down. Instead of ground and pound, got him in a uh, triangle choke with his legs. It was quite amazing. So yeah. that was that was a great, a great moment. And then a heartfelt moment afterwards when he retired. Kind words for his dad. Yep. Um, it was really a cool scene. And uh, not only that, but uh, my Hoosiers knocked off the number eight Penn State Nittany Lions in football. That was fantastic. And I won a couple of bets on FanDuel. So uh, All right. not a bad weekend. <laughs> Profitable weekend. Yeah, the I Hoosier, did get Go ahead. The Hoosiers are always – they've been in the hunt for so many of those games with so many big opponents, and it was good to see them finally pull one off. Yeah, believe me, I'm sick of the moral victories. Yeah. <laughs> it's been years, so it was nice to finally get one. I don't know what that really means for the future, but um, it can't hurt. I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll see. Yeah, IU football has always uh, been a little rough for them, usually. It is. It is. Coach Tom Allen is a great man, good leader. Kids love him, so I'm hoping that'll be the difference. Cool. All right. Enough about me raking in the millions on FanDuel. You guys ready to get down to some uh, – Chatting about some music. You should have yeah. pushed the Patreon before you said anything about winning all the millions. It's going to fund the podcast from now on. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. We, we forgot to mention that by simply donating $1 million, you get yourself a t-shirt and you get to pick the challenge. hundred grand gets you a t-shirt. I mean, you know, we're, we're fair. Yeah. Small price that's to a, pay. That's a great deal. <laughs> I'm sure it won't be long. All right, Mr. El Ray, it was your challenge this week, and um, you went inspired by Halloween, so why don't you fill us in on the parameters of what we were allowed or should have done? Yeah, Halloween, uh, all about spooky, scary. Uh, you know, it, it's I got to thinking about how, you know, music, I, you know, I think a theme of this show is how music affects us on many levels. It's It's not, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's hard to get really truly scared these days. I don't know if we've seen it all. We grew up with movies that were cheesy and now we have good CGI. We're pretty critical of, of what's bad. You know, it, it is possible to get lost in some of this stuff, uh, whether it's a book or a movie, but you know, it's hard to get truly scared these days, but I still listen to tunes every once in a while that just for one reason or another, music and lyrics combined come together to something, make something kind of unnerving and unsettling. So, Anything along those lines will just break it wide open, spooky, scary, and unnerving, unsettling for some reason, make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. And then um, one of the tunes needs to have um, some sort of an explanation, maybe scary for a different reason or uh, kind of a hold up, let me explain type of thing. So 
one straight up and one needs explanation. Okay. So. I, I'm going to let you guys go first because I only have one. To be honest, I spent the most of the weekend working on school stuff and I listened to this record that we're viewing tonight about 20 times. So I, uh, <laughs> I was dedicated in that fashion, but I did come up with one song and a story. So I've got half of it. So why don't you guys do your first ones and then uh, I'll jump back in and we'll do the second ones together. Okay. All right, Monday. <clears throat> um, so my first, the first one that actually came to mind, uh, you know, you said you kind of wanted one that really unsettled us a little bit. The first track that came to mind is actually not a song per se. It's kind of, uh, I don't know on life of agony's first album. There are, it, it, it kind of follows the story every once in a while. There are little, I guess you call them skits or interludes or something, but they're days of the week. And the last one, the last track on the album is called Friday. And it's basically this kid uh, comes home and his, his mom's yelling at his dad and they're, you know, just yelling back and forth and typical like kind of, you know, abusive relationship. They're just screaming at each other and he just walks in and walks through that kind of walks into his room. And it's, I mean, the audio is perfect. Like you hear him closing the door and you can still hear them kind of muffled then. And it, it kind of ends with, uh, he's in the bathroom and he actually like he slits his wrists and you hear him like his breathing changes and you hear the drops hitting the floor. And then the mom comes in and finds him and is freaking out and it's pretty intense. And it's like, I, the first time I heard that, I mean, that came out in like 1993. So I was like 16 or so. <laughs> so the first time I heard that, it really kind of freaked me out. So it's, it's kind of always stuck with me. Nice choice. Good. I'm trying to remember. You know, what's interesting is last Halloween, we did a Life of Agony record. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of I kind actually, of cool connection. One of the one of the songs I think of that came to mind, I had to go back because I was pretty sure I talked about it on that episode because we did like Halloween songs and and I did. So I'm glad I checked. <laughs> Excellent. All right. All right. What do you have for your first? Oh, man, I. I, I hardly even want to talk about this tune. It's so unsettling. Um, <laughs> it's one of the all-time great unsettling songs, though. It's Throbbing Gristle's Hamburger Lady. Oh. oh. <laughs> Basic premise being that there's a, a hospital burn unit and a lady that is, um, well, hamburger from about the kneecaps up and uh, just kind of going through the... Uh, well, the trials of taking care of somebody like that. Uh, at one point, um, one of the orderlies, one of the nurses goes in to take care of her and like, you know, kind of throws up all over the carpet and somebody's because she saw eating, somebody eating chili mac at the desk. <laughs> it's brutal. It's absolutely, I don't, don't want to say anything else. It's terrible. But they were a performance art group and hella yeah. weird. And, yeah. and <laughs> it, was, it was the whole thing, you know, with them. But um, I actually dug into this i don't remember if i found like a top 10 like a buzzfeed thing where it was like you know most disturbing songs ever and i've listened to this one and it's you know the thing about these songs is you know that they are going to screw you up by listening to them but you go back and you, you try to sneak the slider a little bit further go a little bit further into the song this one's like a challenge for me but it's rare that i just sit down and decide i want to bust out hamburger lady but that's my <laughs> that's my no thanks. Uh, yeah. Do you have a do you have a link for that one? <laughs> <laughs> you get it saved on your uh, bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so long. Every morning, six a.m. <laughs> we might be able to play that one on the show. They probably won't come after us. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, okay. Before I give my first one, let me ask you a quick question. If so, think about the song one. Without the video, did it do the same thing for you? 
No, I would say no. I mean, not for me either. But with the video, yeah, with it really the video, had an impact. Yeah, very very intense experience. I think it takes it to a whole different level. Okay, because that's I was going to choose that, and then I thought, but on its own, it doesn't do it for me. But I mean, it does because I have seen the video. But I don't think it ever would have done that had I not seen the video. So yeah. All right. So <clears throat> the song I went with. Have you ever had one of those moments where you realize something wasn't so long ago, like the Holocaust or, um, you know, we used to live in a house that was built during uh, the Civil War. You know, so it's kind of one of those little moments like, oh, my gosh, it hasn't even been that long. So in 84, I certainly didn't have this perspective when Rush came out with Red Sector A. Definitely uh, a very visual song. It kind of hits all of the senses. Um, it's about, you know, the concentration camp. And so at the time, yeah, I love the song, but it didn't do for me quite what it does now. And then as I got older, I found that the song was inspired by a story from Getty's mother because they were in a concentration camp, the mom and the dad, and they both were liberated. So now it adds this whole new layer. And it's also one of those aha moments like, oh, my God, Getty's mom was in a concentration camp, you know, because um, we usually think we're so far removed from that. You know, oh, that's years. Well, it hasn't been that long, really. Yeah. So that song, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but um, lyrically, it is a uh, guy just paints a picture. Uh, word choice is awesome. And uh, definitely paints a picture of what it was like to be there. And I love that it was inspired by a real account. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. awesome. Does he talk about, or did he ever talk about how his um, mom, did she speak of her experiences? I just wonder how firsthand this is. I was looking through the lyrics as you were describing it. So. The, um, the lyrics were not directly from her story. I mean, her account is in there, but it's not based on like a firsthand account because the <laughs> lyrics were written by Neil um, separate from the story. So it does paint the picture and it is kind of loosely based on it, but it's not specific words from her. Yeah. Um, I just wonder if she, would, if she spoke a lot about it because it's, it's interesting how many Holocaust survivors, you know, there are quite a few still around. Um, they mm -hmm. were pretty young at this point. So their memories are going to be, but they did a pretty good job of preserving the memories of those who were there and a lot of good stories. I don't, I don't know if I'd say they, they, that, that group of people felt free to talk about their experiences, Yeah, but we certainly have a, a lot of good information out there about what they went through and photo documentation and right. Horrible stuff. So yeah, it it's just, it's insane when people act like it did not happen. Mm -hmm. I don't oh yeah! Know how you can I, deny that? But. Can't even believe that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I had All what right. Joe what Joe brought up. I kind of wondered too because when you said it was kind of based on Getty's mom, like I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, does he? I really don't know how much of the lyrics he writes. I know Neil does pretty much all of it, but I don't know if maybe that was one that Getty took over or at least nope. contributed to. Now, after Neil came in on the second record, I think he wrote all but one song. Wow. Lyrically, maybe. Yeah. Um, but he brought it. And then the odd thing is him being such a, a great drummer, he didn't have much say in writing of the music. The other two wrote it and they kind of put them all together. They just had a great working relationship. And Yeah. And cool. so, yep. All right, Monday, we got. Okay. I know that I've talked about this song before, but I was, I'm pretty sure... I want to say the challenge may have been something along the lines of story songs or something, but I just, I love this song. And again, the first time I heard it, it, I, it really, <laughs> it caught my attention because I was listening to it and I was like, what in the world is this about? And it just kind of grabbed me right away. And I mean, as it progresses, it just gets, I don't know, kind of unsettling, but it's uh, Violent Femmes, the country death song. And I think part of why it's so unsettling is uh, Gordon Gano's delivery. 
Because, I mean, it's just a basic kind of the song. The music itself is just kind of a don't, 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 you know, kind of a real basic kind of country stomp kind of. And but uh, Gordon's vocals are just insane on this one. And it, it's just, you know, the story of the guy ends up killing his whole family and throwing them down a well and stuff. <laughs> Shoving them in a well. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty nuts. It's a pre-wood chipper days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gordon Gano's got a great voice. It's one of those that's so unique you could never, ever not know it's him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I really like it. At first, when you were leading into this, I thought you were going to give us uh, Devil Went Down in Georgia. but uh... No, that's a good story <laughs> song, but it's not oh. really that scary. Scared shit was on that. <laughs> I would say that's that's more hairy than it is scary. There's a couple of close calls, but... Yeah. That kid could play, man, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> There's a drive-by trucker song where he, he uh, the guy that, in the song, the protagonist, gets his farm foreclosed on and when the bank guy comes out he kills him and buries him in a sinkhole nice. must be a, must be a country song trope to go put yeah. in <laughs> only if you exactly. mention a pickup and a porch and some beer <laughs> oh they didn't do any of that stuff <laughs> oh man all right joe you ready yeah now that i'm thinking i don't know if i'm going to change my mind on my second one or not i think i'll go with my original choice because i brought up the truckers there's another trucker song but, um <laughs> this one this one will be more of a conversation starter. Um, back in the 90s, late 90s, uh, DC Talk covered a song by Larry Norman called I Wish We'd All Been Ready, which was part of the uh, the Rapture. Um, the Rapture, what, what would you call that? I, I almost want to say Rapture porn, where everything was like, you're going to get left behind, and it was a big scare thing. Yes. And uh, DC Talk covered this song, and I... They're speaking of delivery. I was bad, and the song was scary because it was about being left on Earth after the rapture came through, and the lyrics are pretty pointed. And of course, you know, you you thought as a sixteen-year-old that they were talking directly at you because you had stood next to somebody who was smoking a cigarette or something like that. So you know, it's like pure evil, a real. <laughs> Oh, a real my. a real trick of the mind. So, still makes what's, me a little nervous when I hear. What's it. the name of the song? I wish we'd all been ready. I wish we'd all been ready. Okay. Oh wow, yeah. That God, that sounds like Catholic guilt in a non-Catholic oh, world. Oh my God! Yes. World. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guilt is heavy on this one because you don't know the day or time. No. <laughs> and. Wow! Uh, yeah, you, I bet that would be, I bet that would be terrifying for kids, like little kids. Oh yeah, um, and we, I grew up on that, you know. Like I went to a Baptist church when I was a kid, and and it, I mean, they are pound for pound Catholic guilt and Baptist guilt's right there, man. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's heavy stuff. So, and Catholic guilt is wrapped in a sweet package. <laughs> it just sounds like good common sense, but it slips right under that <laughs> and gnaws yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. we 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 had. I remember being a kid and seeing like you know like the the lights in the sky like from a city that you know you're driving down the highway and you could see a city from 15 miles away. It kind of reflects in the the night sky. You know, everything to me when I was a kid was some sign of the imminent rapture. It was going to happen at any point. I thought, <laughs> I'm never going to drive a car. I'm never going to kiss a girl. I'm never going to, you know, be on a podcast. What's a podcast? It's 1989, you know, but just scared the living daylights out of me. You're never going to stand next to somebody smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to stand next to somebody smoking. Because <laughs> it was never... Because I never held the cigarette. I always went home smiling like so because somebody next to me was smoking. <laughs> Secondhand non-raptured. <laughs> oh, You're going to get us not raptured. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, anybody have a uh, quick uh, couple of songs they thought about maybe just didn't pull out tonight? Uh, yeah, I had another one that I was thinking about, but um, it, this one didn't really... It's not really disturbing. I don't really find it disturbing at all, but it's kind of anytime I think of like a horror movie soundtrack, this song is always at the top of the list on the, 
so on the 590 ADP Garage Days re-revisited Metallica. It's all covers, but they busted out a cover from the band Holocaust um, called The Small Hours. And it, it's just the, it starts out with this kind of spooky sounding guitar riff and it just kind of, the groove is kind of low and slow and it's just, uh, yeah, the lyrics are, I mean, it's all, it's it's pretty creepy sounding song, but it just always sounded like it would fit real well on a horror movie soundtrack. Cool. Joe? You and I texted back and forth a little bit in our show thread about some of the uh, M&M catalog, which uh, <laughs> is, is a little bit unsettling yeah. to me. Uh, but a tune that's really um, kind of unsettling to me because of my proximity to kids in school is Jeremy by Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really digging into his world and there's no resolution to the song. Um, mm-hmm. We we know what happens. Uh, it was based on an article that Ed read about a kid who went in and shot up his class in Texas, I think, something like that. The four school shootings were um, more prevalent, I suppose, more in the news. Um, I don't know. And, I, and then they, they play it live. I know it's one of their big radio tunes, and when we play it live, it's a big sing-along. I, I always kind of feel a little bit unsettled with that. Like, why are we doing this? You know, it's like, as long as we're remembering those marginalized kids, you know, but, oh, it's a rough one for me. Well, spending time as an assistant principal, I spent all my time with those marginalized kids. So oh, I got sure. to know them very well. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I thought uh, it, it kind of fell flat in the text thread, but when you mentioned that one, you were like, if we're honest, Jeremy scares me shitless. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be honest, Jeremy, you scare all of us. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I put the song title in quotes, and I thought it was you funny did. that I should refer to everybody in the text thread now. <laughs> Eve, quotation mark, that is the real name. <laughs> Oh, no, that's that's a good choice. Um, anything that's real always mm-hmm. has that hint of, yeah, you know, eerie feeling to it because it can happen anywhere at any time and it does happen. Mm-hmm. And um, all of this scariness and unsettling stuff leads us brilliantly yeah. into our album review this week because this album, um, you know, last week, one of the problems I had with the record, I didn't feel like that it was cohesive in a way, but I feel like this one is much more cohesive in the message throughout the whole song. And there's only actually a couple of songs in here where I think they intentionally went with a lighter note um, that took us out of that groove of showing us what an unsettling world we have. And so we're talking about Nothing But Thieves and their third record, Moral Panic. They did have an EP in between there, but this is the third actual album. Should we get started with songs? You guys want to give a brief overview of thoughts or on theme or anything? Um, I just, you know, yeah, Moral Panic, it's aptly titled, that's for sure. And um, most of it stays kind of on that theme. There's feel like there's a couple of like sort of pseudo love songs. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it kind of stays on that Moral Panic you know, thought process. Yeah. Same, same thoughts on this side as you go through. It does deviate a little bit, but doesn't get off the path too much. So stays yeah. the I think one thing I really enjoy about this record is it does, I think, expand their sound compared to their last records. Um, not that they were stagnant in the first two, but I think they definitely ventured a little way from their, Normal performance, they added a lot more synth in this one. They changed tempo a lot more. There was a lot more hard. They're really known, if you look at probably at like YouTube views and things, there are a couple of songs where Connor Mason just explodes vocally. A Lover, Please Stay, and um, If I Get High Enough. And if you ever listen to those songs, I mean, he just blows it out of the water. This album i think focuses more on the music and uses his voice differently it doesn't rely on him just killing it with these huge notes all the time 
Um, he gets to sing fast and hard and soft, and he's kind of all over, and he gets to use the whole range of his voice, and I really like that. Yeah, a lot of falsetto for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, let's jump in. Let's go to the first track. And when I heard this, I, I was taken back because this is totally new for me. Um, Unperson, reference to uh, 1984. Cool song. What'd you guys think? I, it's an amazing opener. I, I'm not familiar with their catalog, so I, I know nothing about this band. And I, yeah, this one kind of kicked me in the teeth and woke me up. It, it's a great opener, very energetic. Uh, the the beat and the music are super solid. It's got uh, this. There's a few songs on here. You said they're using more synth on this one. I think that that lends a bit of an industrial feel to a few mm-hmm. of the songs on here. So, and this was definitely one of those. I agree. Joe. Yeah. When I'm listening to uh, music like this, a track like this is, is nice. I like that kind of pulsing, programmed kind of almost like it, this whole album has bits of disco feel to it and a little bit shade towards industrial kind of a heavy um disco beat type of thing and um like bunny said i'm i'm not i don't have anything to compare to in my knowledge base of the band so synth is synth and i don't know that it's new but it's it's all right now i will say that i i like the band when they are a little bit more when they get away from this heavier sound mm-hmm. so some of the tracks that weren't exactly like this um appealed to me a little bit better a little bit more but yeah the the 84 1984 it's basically just a you know four minute pop song rewrite of that, <laughs> that reference wise to the uh to the novel so heavy 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 references yeah for sure also did a few links to some of the other songs that are lighter uh, Joe, so you can check those out. And there was one line in here I thought was so cool because it talks about you know you're losing yourself to to technology to the state or so so to speak. But he says now my computer gets sad without me. It's scary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that was pretty clever. And he doesn't. It, you know, you always look at the lead singer like oh he's writing the music. He doesn't write the lyrics almost on almost every song. Um, it's the lead guitarist who does. And uh, I think okay. he's really talented. And he probably gets a lot less accolades than he deserves because i'm sure connor gets most of it as the front man yeah that's an interesting relationship when it it always is when the singer doesn't write the lyrics uh, especially with a band like this i mean there's so much feeling and just i don't know soul i hate to use that word but like coming out of him and and to think right those sorts of things you know like it's pretty amazing you can just kind of look at words on a paper and just wrap your talent around that yeah good point all right second song is everybody going crazy this was one of the first this might have been the first song they released and i'm sure it's because it's super catchy um yep it's uh, not as dismal as the first song, I guess. We we have hope with each other. Uh, what'd you guys think? Go ahead, Joe. Well, I read that uh, as I was studying up, they thought it had a T Rex influence to it. Hmm. They they okay. thought they were shading more towards R and B, which I heard a little bit more of the poppy stuff. This one was like I had mentioned before, a little bit heavier on the disco feel. You know what that means? Just kind of that driving. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and as the first three songs go on, I liked them going away from the opener. I liked them more and more. So this one, I was getting a little bit warmed up because the first track, I was a little bit iffy on, truthfully. And then when I heard this one, I'm like, okay, I, this is this is going to be all right, I think. Yeah, I love the beginning of the song. Uh, it kind of does the weird, you know, offbeat and mm. just kind of like a, it's almost, you know, Nine Inch Nails has done that several times. They kind of, you have the comes in on a weird beat and some weird noise and just kind of click and clack and clang. And then it boom, you hit the beat and you're off running mm-hmm. and the very catchy chorus sounds great. I, this was, yeah, definitely one of the songs I liked a lot. Yeah. They can write a hook for sure. Yeah. It's all over. So. Yeah. And they had a lot of like pre-chorus 
and the chorus, yeah. you know, repeated over and over. Um, and they were different too. It wasn't like they just kind of flowed into each other. They all had like a different tempo or rhythm, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting in most of these songs. And again, I liked it because there was hope in this one. Uh, we don't want every song to be about, oh God, life sucks, you know, because Moral Panic's coming up next and it's about <laughs> climate change and the destruction of the planet. <laughs> but uh, this one too has lots of tempo changes and it's got vocal changes throughout. Mm -hmm. He's soft, he's hard. And I thought they did that effectively. Jeremy? Um, yeah, this one, there's a really cool change, like around the minute 30 mark, maybe a few seconds before that, but it's kind of, but this gets into, this is actually one of my issues with this album. Um, as you go through it, a lot of the songs have several tempo changes, which is fine. I'm cool with that. I have no problem with that, but it starts to feel a little formulaic. Because a lot of the songs, they start out kind of low and slow and mm -hmm. kind of moody. And then, bam, it takes off and explodes. And it, But if you do that over and over and over and over, you kind of you lose the impact of that. That makes fair sense. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Joe, what do you think? I think that, uh, you know, a song like this, it's easy to get heavy-handed and i think that they brought the topic up um and spoke on it well i don't feel like you know the problem is if you get you step over the line too much people automatically go with the idea that you're getting it shoved down your throat and this song was approachable in other ways so even if you didn't want to listen about climate change and hear the you know the message of it the music is still really good so go with that i thought they did a good job speaking on a topic that honestly probably needs a few more songs written about it yeah i didn't feel like it was heavy-handed at all <laughs> it's you know it's it's good when you can make any kind of message more digestible and i think they achieved that here mm -hmm. and i think you know i now that i think about it you would expect a, a topic like this even though um it's important for everybody couldn't you see it coming out of like a, a string band or like a you know a guy with an acoustic guitar? Uh, so it's it's a little bit unexpected. Not to say again that it's not important or something that we should panic about. Um, but you know it's kind of out of the genre. I think um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Am I off base there? It's uh I you know that topic. Anytime you bring up the environment, it's it's easy. For that to feel like hippy dippy, mm -hmm. so go. I get what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah. But I think we've moved past that. I well, think most so. of us have moved past yeah. that as a society to understand that we are on the brink of stepping over too far to where we can't recover. Um, so it isn't just uh, people sitting around, you know, <laughs> on the lawn getting high, complaining about the environment. You know. Yeah. Um, so I, all of those things are all good. So. <laughs> yeah, not, not that there's anything wrong with that <laughs> but it's still well, that vision of the 60s you know and yeah yeah you know that it, that's not where we are anymore and boy yeah. if the climate was like it was in the 60s imagine what they would have done <laughs> right well i mean maybe yeah. it's a sign that the audience has expanded and people are listening more mm -hmm. of this you know those those kids of those parents in the 60s have grown up and they're making their own music so. yeah that's a good point all right, that brings us to the most hilarious song on the record, the yeah. real love song that's not really a love song, and it actually could be quite, well, I'll let you guys talk about it first, but uh, real love song, what do you guys think? I really like the music. Oh, I love the music, yeah. It's, yeah, it's very cool. The music is awesome. Um, I am not a huge fan of self-referential songs like when the song is talking about the song like this is i don't know it just always feels cheesy to me like i get what he's trying to say but it just keeps going like and they do it in every verse and it's just like okay you're cute i get it <laughs> <laughs> you're cute <laughs> but yeah but the yeah. song's really not cute <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it's terrible. Yeah. I meant by cute, I meant clever. <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> Joe, what'd you think? 
Well, it's so melodramatic. This is a dark song, real dark. Feral tear your skin off to the bone dark. I'll drink myself to death dark. I mean, yeah. And he references Nick Cave. I, I honestly, yeah. just go back to our, to our challenge, there could have been some Nick Cave and, you know, maybe even some birthday party songs. Probably before uh, yeah. Nick Cave in our challenge yeah. tonight. But yeah, he's, he's a good one to reference when you're, when you're a little bit sad. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think this song was actually supposed to be like tongue in cheek joke. Um, yeah. I think I read that about from the uh, John, the guitarist who wrote the song. So I think there was like almost a joke involved with it. So yeah. that makes me feel better about them. They really have these feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you think teen angst, 16 year old girl sitting in a room writing this, you know, <laughs> but man, she can really write some music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, then that brings, so the next song for me was probably my second favorite song on the record. And, uh, I loved when you talk about the build, I think this one does the build the best because it starts off so soft and it has a groovy beat and it just picks up and gets heavy and angry. And I think it, again, like the other songs has a good point. Um, I think this was another one that's cleverly written. Yeah. What do you guys think? Phobia. Um, yeah, I, this is one where I was trying to look it up real quick, but I'm not going to get it that quick. Um, I liked everything about this song except for the first verse. Really? Yeah. And I was trying to look up the lyrics cause I forgot them already, <laughs> but I don't, I don't remember what it was. There was something in the first, you guys talk about it. I'm going to look it up. Not afraid of the noise when there's no one home, the dark in the halls. Oh, that's a different song. Sorry. Yeah, no, this is the one where he doesn't like the internet. Yes, in the yes, five star hotel. But like the, but it was the repetitiveness of it. Like he says that like three or five times in the first verse. I'm like, okay, man, yeah. really? Yeah, like okay. you couldn't have said something else, right? But he says, "I love the night, but not the stars. The fame suckers in their block long cars. I fucking hate the internet. Mm-hmm. Five star hotel, yeah, and I don't but- feel well." Oh, and then he says it again. I fucking hate the internet. He says it like three or four times. Yeah. And I'm like, by the last time, I'm like, really? <laughs> but I like well, the rest of the song. Well, he says it twice, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like more. <laughs> and that's never a good sign. It's in every verse. So, I mean, I, I can see how the repetition got to you after a few verses of, yes. you know, Hey, in his defense, yeah. he said, I'm shutting down the internet in one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally different. Well, he, he made me want to shut down my internet. So. <laughs> okay. No, Fair enough. Bad. Fair enough. Uh, Joe, do you I like just, it? I like the, the, there's a really cool staccato guitar part in it that I thought was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. So musically, I really dug that. So, But I would like to point out that we're two songs removed now from Moral Panic. And we're bitching about the internet and wanting to unplug it. So I mean, you know, typical millennial bullshit. <laughs> That's just the way it goes, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, this feels like the end. Oh, hey, that's our next oh, song. Oh, hey. Segway. Segway. Right in the middle of the album. <laughs> yes, I I liked this feels like the end. Um, and I, I this one seems like when we talk about the theme of the record. This one has the line, at what point do we say no? We are people, surely we are better than this. Makes me think of our election cycle right now. It makes us think of, just like this, we should be shutting down the internet for a few days and just being real and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, Uh, this one, I mean, it it just feels like he's talking about like social media and mm -hmm. touching on like just general info overexposure, you know, like you're everything's always on and in your face and what's real and what's not and all of that kind of stuff. Like I, the message I really liked and I, you know, the lyrics were pretty good, but uh, this one, the song fell a little flat for me. Like it's okay, mm-hmm. but it didn't, you know, didn't light me up or anything. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I felt right. like it was ambiguous enough in parts that you could apply the, uh, the situation or the, the, the story mm-hmm. that you see happening to the song. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think sometimes that's the mark of a good song too. Cause then everybody can meet it where they are. 
mm-hmm. which is cool. And I see, and I, he may have meant something totally different, but that's where I went. <laughs> yeah. Surely we're better than this. I mean, I don't know how many times I've said we're in the United States. We can't come up with two better people, you know, <laughs> but anywho, <clears throat> that brings us to free if we want it. And uh, I thought he I had didn't beautiful... want this one so much. <laughs> you didn't like it. Uh, it was it, these two like uh, mm. feels like the end and free if we want it. They're both just kind of, you know, middle of the road. So, so nothing special for me. Just kind of. Okay. I, I thought he had beautiful falsetto on this one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There were and... some tunes that I, I, the voice was the standout for me. This was one of them. Yeah. I did like there, there were a couple lines that said, I'm not a saint. I've got no faith to lose, only to gain. At least I can dream. <laughs> Where he's kind of a little defeated, but you know, I, I can dream. <laughs> All right, impossible. Monday, go. It's going to pick back up, right? <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, I really like this song. Um, it's the lyrics. You know, it's kind of a kind of a heartfelt, accurate description of love i mean it's kind of you know the highs and lows and everything you feel around that good and bad and um the song i I like the song a lot better when like the jam kicks in but Mm -hmm. it's this is this just goes back to what i was saying about the formula you know they kind of start moody and slow and then kick into overdrive so but i it works here it it works for sure i like this song cool joe yeah i I thought this was a a big song i thought it was a radio friendly tune um Mm -hmm. musically just yeah it 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 doesn't go um not too heavy-handed on message it's just a just a pop kind of a love song feeling so yeah good yeah i put the same thing joe is very radio hit friendly and mm-hmm. had a, I thought I had a very powerful chorus and the version of this with the stringed instruments, the orchestra version at Abbey road studios. Um, you can see it on YouTube is really good. It's even better than the album version. I think. Mm. That would be cool. I, I, I saw that that's on there, but I haven't checked it out yet. I'll, I'll definitely do that. Yeah. It's definitely worth it. That brings us to there was sun. So, was there fun for you guys? <laughs> yeah, I drove down. This one had some fun grooves in it, so that, mm-hmm. that's about all I said. Other than that, just kind of, yeah. kind of a good, good groove. Yep, good pop tune. I think musically, this one would have fit on their previous records. It had more of that feel okay. um, than the newer stuff does. And I don't know when they wrote it, if it was closer to that album or what, but. That's kind of the feel I got for it. Hey, it's not one that if I were just going to pick out songs, I'd go back to. Uh, but the next one is, can you afford yeah. to be an individual? I really like this song. I love yeah. the lyrics. I love the music. His performance was fantastic. What do you think, Jeremy? I would agree with all of that. I really like the lyrics. And um, the song, this is another one, has a bit of an industrial feel, uh, lots of dynamics, kind of, you know, ins and outs, ups and downs, a lot of tempo changes, cool stuff going on. I, I, I really like this one a lot. It's one of the standouts for me. What do you think, Joe? Definitely goes down the list and calls different people out by name and, you know, pretty pointed. Uh a different definite change from poppy 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 to oh yeah we've got some left in the tank so here it is <laughs> they fired it up so yeah oh, yeah he does he he calls out the right calls out the left um mm-hmm. which i thought was cool the one there was a line in here though that was kind of the middle of the road it just said oh how we love the comfort of pack mentality the internet has teeth yeah. and it eats and eats and eats i thought that is so true to today, all the keyboard yeah. warriors out there, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cool song. I like that one a lot. I think people are going to really dig it. Um, and that brings us to the album closer. Beautiful song. Before we drift away, the song seems to drift along and drift away as well. And it again, super catchy chorus. 
I uh, like the, the way that the strings rise all the time, given that feeling of positively, positivity, and uh, I really liked it. Yeah, it has that, uh, I mean, like many of the other songs, it's got that very familiar build that they have seemed to have perfected because <laughs> they do it a lot. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's pretty solid uh, closer. I liked it. Well-written tune. I hope people listen to the end and get to it and really appreciate it and enjoy it. Yeah, and they made a point about the last line that I don't want to grow old being this, it's kind of a self-reflective album a lot of the way through, and uh, they were very intentional about that last line. So I thought it was an appropriate album closer. So as far as we go, normally we like to talk about that opener. I think two of us at least felt like the album opener was great. Closer, I think we agree, was pretty good. So they hit that pretty well. But how do we score it, and will we listen again? Joseph? I would give it um, not quite a three, probably two and three quarters. And I would go back and listen to it again, yeah. All right. Jeremy? Um, I would give it a three out of five. Uh, It's pretty – it's solid. It's not – I don't think it's amazing, but I, I enjoyed it. There's nothing on here that I really hated. There's definitely standout tracks for me. Um, and that is probably what I would go back to. I don't know if this would be something, an album that I would go back to very frequently, but definitely some songs on here that made me want to check out some of their other stuff. Very good. And I would probably go with a 3.5. Uh, I really like it. Um, I'm going to keep listening, so I will definitely listen again, but I'm a huge fan. I don't think there's any song on here that reaches the heights of the songs I mentioned earlier, but for me, those are two tops. I just love those songs. So, um, And of note, this upcoming Wednesday, maybe, they have a live stream. Uh, they're going to be playing in a warehouse in the center. With They're going to be in the round. People will be around them as they play. And I know we're going to purchase it. You guys are welcome to come over if you want. You should be COVID clear by then. And uh, I think you buy the live stream and you get it for four days or something like that. So we're going to be purchasing that because we can't wait to watch that. And uh, next week, we have an album, but we're going to keep it secret. We'll let you know later. (laughs) (laughs) And what we do know about next week, though, is that Mr. Mundy is going to have a challenge for us. Do we know what that challenge is, Mr. Mundy? Uh, I don't off the top of my head, but I will definitely come up with something good. All right. We're going to hold you to it. And I will be bringing you a challenge inspired by the great Lester Bangs. That's all you need to know about that. So before we sign off tonight, gentlemen, where can we find you? Joseph. (laughs) I thought you were going to call on one of us. Sure enough. I I just want you to point to the map behind you. Tell us where you are. Where uh, we can find you. Kazakhstan. Right there? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Very nice. Um, where am I? Instagram. Although after listening to this album, I really hate the internet, so I don't know if I'll be there. Instagram, <laughs> and my handle is lray4. That's E-L-R-E-Y-4. You can check out my recent um, adventures with a local burrito shop. That's all I'm going to say. Fantastic. Local is in Kokomo? That's right. We have a burrito shop. <laughs> a shop where I purchased a burrito that was less than <laughs> to my standards. <laughs> and, if, and if you guys don't know it yet, we have a new French bakery coming into town, and she's already throwing shade on everybody in town. It's pretty. Oh, awesome. that's a good word. Ooh, that's a good yeah. job. I'm loving. Nice. I can't wait to go. <laughs> Monday, where can we find excited. it? Yeah, oh, is she really excited about that place? Yeah. Well, but because we'll uh, we went out. when we went to Disney, that was like her favorite thing was the patisserie there. So she's uh, she's like, I have some ideas for them. I think <laughs> I'm sure yeah, this lady doesn't seem like she's going to be open. Sounds like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> silly American. Right. <laughs> so we can discuss that further on Instagram. Just find me at Metalhead Monday. Fantastic. And you can find me on Instagram as well, <laughs> at Foggy's Pal. I won't have any burrito stories, and it's likely that... Mr. Rife, are you okay? 
<laughs> I just thought a minute ago, you asked me, we have a burrito shop in town. <laughs> Taco Bell is not a burrito shop. It, it's not a local shop. I, that's what I get for not going to my, my uh, go-to. So I went chain. It was a problem. Um, and you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> if these knuckleheads didn't hate the internet, person. you could probably find them on Twitter too. But uh, I'm at Foggy's Pal there as well. This show has officially crashed. So I hope you gave up by now. But if you didn't, then uh, <laughs> you can come back and see us weekly. You can subscribe. You can get us on Apple and Spotify and Castbox and Stitcher. <sighs> I always forget one. SoundCloud. Hey, Talk there you about. go. Don't forget SoundCloud. SoundCloud loves us, especially in Ireland. <laughs> Don't so, forget uh, the, uh, the T-shirt <laughs> offer still out there on Patreon if you'd like to become a supporter. I mean, if you don't do it, you're practically losing money. One million dollars gets you a T-shirt, and you get to get the challenge for the week. And I tell you what, because I'm feeling good tonight, we'll even let you co-host. Oh, oh, for a cool meal. Oh, and a uh, hundred G's gets you a T-shirt signed by Metalhead Monday. Oh, absolutely worth it. See, totally. You can get that baby on eBay and we get your money back. No problems. I'll start practicing right now. Yeah, practicing yeah. my signature. Yeah. And we'll give you the secret recipe from the burrito <laughs> shop. But wait, there's more. But wait. God, I hope not because we have to go and we will see you more. next week. <laughs> Bye now. Bye-bye.